Hello everybody and welcome to another brand new edition of T Watches a Scary Movie. My name is T and of course we're talking scary movies. I appreciate you tuning in. Keep in mind that full episodes go up every Wednesday night at 8.30pm Mountain Standard Time on the YouTube page. That's youtube.com slash C slash Theron Reynolds Scary Movie. And 30 minutes prior, you can catch the audio-only version on your favorite podcasting platforms just by searching T-Watches a Scary Movie or Twasm. And of course, don't forget that the best way to stay up with all the new videos, all the new written reviews, all the new audio episodes going up is by getting subscribed to my link tree, which is linktr.ee slash tscarymovie. If you get subscribed, you'll stay up to date with new videos, new audio episodes, new letterbox written reviews, TikToks, and so so much more. So, what I have for y'all tonight. I got a chance to check out an early screening of The Last Voyage of the Demeter, uh, the latest vampire tale coming out from Universal based upon the single chapter in Bram Stoker's Dracula that covers Dracula's voyage uh, to London over the seas. And the movie has been in development hell for a while at this point. It's finally out and I absolutely got some thoughts for it here for y'all so uh let's just jump right into that here um honestly no matter how revered the source material is a movie based on a lone chapter of a novel seems like such a monumental task to conquer uh it's likely the reason why there hasn't been an endless amount of dracula adaptations over the decades uh excuse me while there's been a lot of dracula adaptations over the decades um they very rarely highlight the count's trip to london like typically we focus on the stuff like with harker uh harker and renfield like before he gets to carfax abbey and then after he gets to carfax abbey then it's the focus on him and van helsing and lucy and mina and all of them but most of the adaptations we've gotten over the decades just don't focus that much on that trip and I think that's probably why it's especially surprising and delightful that uh, writer Zach Olowitz and director Andre Overval's Last Voyage of the Demeanor is one of the best vampire films in quite some time. You know, we get a bevy of vampire movies every single year uh you know and just media in general interview with the vampire uh the invitation day shift vampire academy vampires vs. the bronx blood fest just to name a few but even if some or all of these eventually show uh show that the majority of the runtime is dedicated to like putting the vampires in like a human-esque de depiction uh it's kind of interesting because we don't really see like them just being vampires at that point like all the media that we're really presented with is always going to be uh going to be split up between these vampires are monsters that drink blood and kill people and they're just you know evil along with showing well they're also very uh they're very much still like looking like humans and i don't say that as a bad thing but there's not enough films out there that just really want to focus on vampires being the monsters that they are and i get that it's interesting to explore the humanity of these of these beings for sure it, it really is but it's just so rare that we get to see them depicted as the bloodthirsty beast for like an entire movie and then when we do it usually ends up being like this really really gory treat and demeter finds itself in that latter category uh because it chooses to strip away the romance the seduction and it just presents dracula as the unstoppable force that he truly is now um the original script 
the story was said to be uh, be more akin to an alien-like tale. The idea was it was a crew trapped on a vessel, unable to escape uh, the doom that was all surrounding them. And after watching the movie, it's hard not to see that inspiration. Though, interestingly enough, um, I mean, and I know a lot of people online have been comparing the movie more to like Alien 3. But even more so with Vincent Wood's unproduced script for Alien 3 that put Ripley on a monastery-like satellite to where, uh, like, they were besieged by the Xenomorph, but they didn't have the right weapons to fight. Like, it's a lot like the uh, like the the version that we did end up getting where she's on the prison planet, and it's not like they were really well-equipped to fight the Xenomorph either, but... Again, that's still kind of set in the future. Like, even though there's not a lot about Alien 3, like, oh, this is set, you know, thousands and thousands of years in the future, it still is. Whereas this unproduced script, you know, again, this set in the future as well too, but the setting is 100% kind of what we're seeing here with the last voyage of the Demeter. Um, and, it, it, you know, it, I love it because in this, just like in the Xeno, like with the Xenomorph in Alien 3, Dracula is this unstoppable force on this ship. And he's slowly taking his time to pick apart the crew. And while it's clear that they're ill-equipped to handle their foe, that doesn't stop their resolve from fighting the beast when they find out that this evil is like upon them. Now, the cast of the Demeter is a wonderful assembly of strong players who each add their own reverence to the dark watery tale. Uh, you have Corey Hawkins, uh, who plays Clemens, a doctor on his own journey, who is attempting to find a place for himself back in London. You have Liam Cunningham, uh, a couple Game of Thrones, uh, Game of Thrones alumni here, because you have not just uh, Liam Cunningham, but you also have uh, Eiling Franci uh, Franciosi as well, who are both from Game of Thrones. Um, you have Woody Norman, who was just in Cobweb about a month or so ago. Fantastic little uh, summer Halloween treat with him, Lizzie Kaplan, and Anthony Starr. Um, uh, just a great cast altogether. And what's so interesting here about it is that you really, really get yourself endured to this uh, this cast and crew as well, too. I, I feel that it's very easy in movies like this to find a favorite and that favorites from Mitch the only person that you really find yourself connecting with over the course of the film itself. But everybody in this film, it was so easy to kind of like, you know, feel a love for them and not, you know, want Dracula to take them all out, even though we kind of have an idea of where the movie is going. And as each character begins to realize like the danger that's truly at hand, it really does become easier to connect with them. And it leaves us all very futilely hoping that they're going to get salvation, which we know just can't possibly happen. And while Clemens is definitely our point of view and our moral compass for the story, uh, uh, Dasma Shane's first mate, Wolchek, is impossible not to love um, because he has this, like this gruff exterior where he's a bit of an asshole and uh, obviously like he's being a little bit more rough than he probably needs to be. But you can contrast that against the fact that it's very clear, not only does he love this ship, but he loves his crew as well and he'll do anything he can to help protect them, uh, uh, especially when they're all being killed off one by one. And honestly, can we get this man his own horror franchise at this point? The fact that he's shown to be one of Hollywood's best ancillary players over the last decade or so now, and yet and still he doesn't have like this big horror franchise of his own, this man's a treasure. Like, hook the guy up at this point, y'all. 
Now, the script makes this camaraderie and this family on this ship so heartfelt that when a particular member of the crew falls to Dracula later on, it's, it's actually kind of hard to not share, like, you know, a tear as we see how it affects every member upon this, uh, like, upon, on board, excuse me, the ship. Um, I was actually taken aback by that, by how well they show that this crew really does love and care about each other, honestly. And... In case it's not clear from my description of Dracula, Demeter is a particularly bloody affair. If you've seen the trailers, then you've already seen uh, the glimpses of the Count's bat-like monstrous appearance in the movie. And while Dracula doesn't shapeshift the same way that he does in the book, or even like Francis Ford Coppola's like adaptation back in the early 90s, he is very much like wolf-like in the way that uh, the way that he's stalking people over the course of this film, and he's just viciously biting and tearing and scratching and just ripping these people apart um not limb by limb but like he is a wild animal and so even with the bat-like appearance it's so interesting that they still kind of honor the fact that like in certain depictions especially bram stoker's that dracula does turn into a wolf and it was refreshing to see a theatrical vampire film that shows the viciousness as much as it possibly can. I mean, we got a little bit of that in Renfield earlier this year, and I say a little bit. I know that movie was gory as all hell, but you know it's, that was also very much over the top film. Whereas Last Voyage of the Meter is very, very serious, and a lot of times we might not get this level of brutality in a film like that. Now. With that, as great as Demeter is, uh, the two-hour runtime seems largely unnecessary, especially when you look and see they do this bookend beginning, which doesn't spoil anything if you're familiar at all with the story of Dracula. Like, you know what the ending of this film is going to be. You know what they're leading to at this point. So putting this bookend at the beginning just kind of stands out like a sore thumb because we know what's going to happen. So what are you prepping us for by showing the very end of this movie first? And, I, you know, it, it doesn't hurt it that much with the fact that this movie needed to shave a little bit of uh, runtime off of it. That book in the beginning is definitely one thing that could have gone. The fact that this is supposed to be a true expanding of, uh, or true expansion of Bram Stoker's work, we don't need that book in. We know the destination at this point. Um, and this film just needs the trimming. That's one thing that absolutely could have gone. We needed to shorten this movie down by about 20 minutes or so. Uh, it's also hard not to geek out over production designer Edward Thomas and his teams like Demeter that they built because they actually put this ship together and I think that watching so many various pirate movies over the years and like all these other swashbuckling type of movies that were kind of jaded a little bit and it's easy to not be amazed by when we see a pirate ship in a film and I know it's not a pirate ship but the fact that the Demeter itself is just this like fascinating set I absolutely loved watching it thrash around and like all the different parts of the ship that the crew would visit i love seeing it like leave at the beginning of the movie and again i know there's some digital shots for sure in here but that demeter boat is just so beautiful it's a great accomplishment for uh for thomas and his team for sure and i love getting to know every single nook and cranny in the two-hour runtime if we're gonna have that long to get to know them now uh, Overdahl has made a pretty good name for himself directing some of like the biggest horror standouts over the last decade. I'm sure you've seen of them, seen some of them, Troll Hunter, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, and the big favorite amongst a lot of us, inclu including myself, The Autopsy of Jane Doe. Uh, absolutely. Uh, a phenomenal phenomenal film and it's hard not to see the, uh, the last voyage of the Demeter kind of joining this list of films of his that is going to get this big appreciation 
later on down the line. I mean, the guy absolutely has a knack for just riding the finding the right shots to make the most simplest thing just that much more terrifying, honestly. And it's a shame that he doesn't get to put out more movies regularly. Like usually, it seems like he's doing like, you know, four or five years in between each film. And it sucks we don't get even more because the guy clearly loves the work that he does. And he's made some of the best horror films that we've seen in the last uh, decade or two at this point. Now, with all that said, an annoying bookend and a 20 minute too long runtime aren't enough to bring down a truly terrific tale that's one of the best of the year. And even though the movie's supposed to be set in the established world of the book, I would most definitely take a sequel that would uh, follow along this Dracula just tearing through London. Folks, The Last Voyage of the Demeter is in theaters right now. Thank you very much for tuning in to T-Watch is a Scary Movie. Stay tuned. Hit that like button. Make sure to subscribe. Got more great reviews coming for y'all. Hey, everybody. I appreciate you tuning in for another brand new episode, movie review, game review, whatever it is now at this point. Don't forget, you want to get subscribed to my official channel so you can stay up to date for when I'm dropping new episodes, reviews, news, whatever it is. The best way to do that is get subscribed to my link tree. That's going to be linktr.ee slash tscarymovie. Again, linktr.ee slash tscarymovie. That'll keep you up to date with new videos, podcast links for the audio-only version, as well as my letterbox, where you can find written reviews. Get subscribed, and don't forget, keep watching scary movies, folks. Stay scared.